Man, did you see that title of my sermon in the bulletin today? Is that crazy? Does such a gift exist? The gift of success? Man, there, there's a lot of great gifts out there. Man, I, you know what? I could be happy with a, uh, a tin of chocolate-covered peanuts for a gift. How about that? That's a good gift, isn't it? Yeah, or maybe a uh, 47-foot TV. That's about how big they are today, isn't it? You have to build houses to fit our TVs. Uh, ladies, maybe a nice piece of jewelry. Any? Not really. Okay, men, you heard it. No, no jewelry this Christmas. They, they don't seem to care or want that. No. All kinds of, trip to Disney World. Man, there's all kinds of good gifts. Yeah, okay, we got some takers over here. All kinds of good gifts. Wouldn't you trade them all in? Everything under the tree, you just trade it in if you could get one box of success, huh? Man, if you opened up and there it was, the box of success, where would you use it? Where, where would you wear that? Where would you need that gift in your life right now? I bet something's coming to your mind. Man, if not, think about that for a second because, folks, that's the gift that God has for you. Already purchased, already wrapped, already provided. It's there waiting for you to use and to wear and to enjoy. You know, I can't help but wonder if this is a gift that remains unwrapped. You know, we, we, we put the gifts we did open, we put them in their appropriate places, we, we box up our decorations and put them away, we take the tree down and put it up in the attic or the bottom of the lake, whatever you do with your tree. But then there's that one gift, unwrapped, unopened, and unused. A gift we need to open, a gift we need to use. Let's look and see what this gift is. Would you turn with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We were in Ephesians 1 last week. We're going to be in Ephesians again. No, I'm not doing a series in Ephesians. I'm doing a series called Under the Tree. A little bit different this year. I'm not sure if I'm happy with myself or not. But instead of coming to the time of year where we traditionally look at those great, great Christmas passages, kind of the focus I'm taking this year, folks, is what is the product of those passages? What is the result in 2012 for you and me that Mary got on that donkey and went to Bethlehem with Joseph? What is the result of the message that Gabriel gave to, to Elizabeth and Mary and then to Joseph? What is the result of Jesus, the Son of God, putting on flesh and being born in that manger? What is the result for you and me today? Because, folks, as I understand the New Testament, Christmas is about us celebrating God coming into the world. And when God came into the world, are you ready for this? He brought a load of gifts with Him. For you and for me, last week we looked at the first gift in Ephesians 1.7, the gift of forgiveness. And I think all of these gifts are powerful. All of them are significant. But boy, I guess it's forgiveness. It is that first gift that kind of opens the door and makes the way for all the other gifts. So last week we looked at forgiveness. Today we look at one you might not have seen coming. You might not have thought this was a gift, but we're looking at success. Let's look at that in Ephesians 1 verse 3. You also see it up here on the screen. It says, blessed be. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every... Notice that word every. Nothing's missing in this gift. It's got all the pieces, the batteries, directions, every, every kind of spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. 
Now that's a short verse, isn't it? I mean, that's two lines, not very long. Notice though that in that short verse, three times we see the word blessing. Because that's what this verse is about. This verse is about blessing. It's about blessings because God is a God of blessings. Notice it says, blessed be God. Now, if I would say, man, God bless you. That's a wish for you. That's a prayer for you, right? I'm I'm hoping for you good things, happiness, success, whatever, in whatever you and I just talked about. But when we say blessed be God, that's not a wish for God. We're not saying a prayer for God. That is a declaration about God. When we think of blessing, we think of God's gifts, we think of God's favor, we think of happiness that might come from God. So when we're saying this, we're not just talking about God being happy or having stuff. We're actually saying God is the gift. God is the good. God is the favor. God is the happiness. He is the fountain. He is the source of all that is good. He is the source of blessing. So because our God is good, he is worthy of praise. This blessed one, this one who is worthy of our praise, is also the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's three names for Jesus. The name Jesus, Lord, and Christ. All three of those, we use those a lot. We call him Lord. We call him Christ. We call him Jesus Christ. We call him Lord Jesus. We call him Lord Jesus Christ. We use those names a lot and we kind of know what they mean, maybe know what they mean, but because it's a common name, we don't think about it a bunch. It's good to every now and then remind ourselves of what we're saying in those names. The word Lord is a title. It means ruler. Do you know what he's the ruler of? You. Not you, the crowd. Not you, a part of humanity. You. The individual you. Did you know you have a ruler? Doesn't matter whether you voted for it or not. Doesn't matter whether you know it or not. Doesn't matter whether you acknowledge it or not. You have a ruler in your life. Now, he rules the rest of the universe too. (laughs) He rules all the other people also. But are you and I living in light? How many times does your prayer begin like this? Dear Lord. Do you realize you just said, dear ruler of my life. Are we living like that? Are we acknowledging that? That's what we're expressing when we say Lord. His name's also Jesus. Means salvation, means savior because he has come to save us. He's come to rescue us. Guess from what? Just the opposite of blessing. Three times we've seen this word blessing. God is about blessing. And Jesus comes to rescue us from what? The curse. Because see, right now, you and I, without Christ, we're under the curse of death. We're under the curse of sin. That's what Jesus has come to rescue us from. That's what he's come to, to save us out of. And then you see that name, Christ. That's a title. That is a Greek word that is the equivalent of the Hebrew word what? Anybody know? Messiah. Christ, Messiah. When you say either one of those words, it's the same thing. It means the anointed one, the promised one. In other words, when you say Christ, you're saying this is it. This is it. The answer to all of your prayers, the Christ. The fulfillment of every promise in Scripture, the Christ, the Messiah. That's who we're talking about in this passage. It's in Him that all of these gifts come. Now, folks, when you begin to understand who He is, then you begin to understand He's worthy of our praise whether any gifts come with Him or not. It's easier to praise Him when we're getting a lot of gifts, isn't it? 
But I think that the Scripture would have you and I, I believe that God would have you and I to come to the place where we worship Him regardless of any gifts. We come to that place where we realize, hey, God's worthy of my worship, of my songs, of my giving, of sacrifice, of faith, of obedience. He he is worthy of all of this, whether I see or recognize any gift at all. He is worthy because that's who He is. Now, having said that, as we come to Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is absolutely praising Him for all the stuff that comes with Him. While we want to grow to the place of worshiping for who He is, it is still okay to worship Him for the load of gifts that come in Christ. And in Christ, folks, comes every kind of spiritual blessing. Now, you know, it's interesting. When we read in the Old Testament and you see that word blessing, you talk about blessing, normally that's going to be related to something very physical, very tangible. The blessing is protection from the enemy. The blessing is uh, earthly possessions, abundance. We're going to think of something very earthly in that blessing. And And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. We like those kinds of blessings, don't we? Yes, we do. We do like earthly blessings. Okay? But clearly in this passage... We're going somewhere a little bit different, aren't we? Because there's a word there that qualifies what God's doing that is distinct, that is separate from what we normally think of in blessing. When we think of blessing, very physical, very tangible. But this word says here, spiritual blessing. Now here, I see that word spiritual blessing. I'll be honest with you. Don't you kind of, don't you kind of go, do I, do I want that? Oh yeah, sir. I mean, sitting in church on Sunday morning, oh, absolutely, that's what I want, spiritual blessing. But right now, when you think of being successful, and folks, success and blessing are really almost synonymous. When you pray somebody's, when you pray God's blessing on a marriage, you're saying, I pray that marriage is successful, right? You say, I pray God's blessing on this decision. You're praying for a successful decision. So success and Blessing are one and the same. So if you were to fill in the blank to this sentence, I want to be successful in. Y'all know how you'd fill in that blank? I want to be successful at. Most of us right now know some places we want to be successful. We want to do well. We want to be happy. We want to be applauded. We want to see us as succeeded in front of others. When you and I fill in that blank, it's physical stuff, isn't it? I mean, yeah, in church it's it's you know, angels and stuff like that. But I'm talking about at work. I'm talking about Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon. If somebody walked up to you and said, what do you want to be successful at? Most of the time, we're going to answer something very earthly, very tangible, very physical. Do we want spiritual? Do we want spiritual success? You know, I start thinking about this. I wonder, is this like a gift like socks? Have you gotten socks for Christmas any time? Ever gotten socks? I mean, it's a, it's a good gift, isn't it? I mean, you need them. They're important. They're very functional. Socks is a good gift. But nobody in this room on Christmas morning is going to open a pair of socks and then get on your phone and text somebody and say, guess what I got for Christmas? Three pairs of gold toes. Woohoo! No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go, oh, gee, (laughs) thanks. Over the shoulder. Dive into the next gift. And we like the songs, we'll appreciate that. But see, that's what I'm saying. I wonder, do we maybe mistakenly come to Ephesians 1, 3 
and see that God is wanting to bless us with every kind of spiritual blessing. And we, oh gee, thanks. I know that's good. I know that's important. Positive, I need it. Probably need it every day. Do you have some physical stuff too, God? Is, is this a gift we want? You know, folks, it's a gift we need to want. It's a gift we need to get our mind around because, folks, it is success in the spiritual realm that provides for success in the physical realm. So, well, no, wait a minute. I know people who are successful physically that have no interest in spiritual things. I'm talking about being successful in the physical realm in a way that counts, in a way that lasts. Did you know you and I can live in a way physically that can be very successful and it have a great and awesome impact on the spiritual and on eternity? But you got to be successful spiritually first. It is also spiritual success that gives us the ability, and I put the word up there. I think I'd write it different now. I wrote that on Thursday. I don't know what I was thinking. I put helps us survive. Folks, it is success in the spiritual realm that does a whole lot more than help us survive when the physical realm is not succeeding a lot. It's success in the spiritual that's going to give us a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of direction that keeps us going when maybe we're like, man, I feel like I'm failing everywhere in the physical realm. And even more, it is success in the, in the physical realm that absolutely counts for nothing if there's no success in the spiritual realm. If all you are is successful physically, you have nothing when you step into eternity. Didn't Jesus say it like this? What difference does it make if you are successful in everything in the world and lose your soul? So yeah, this spiritual success is, a, I think it's more important than socks. I think it's a pretty big deal. And folks, God wants you to be successful spiritually and physically. You know, have you ever stopped and thought about that? I mean, you read this verse right here. God has blessed you with every kind of blessing. God is for you. You know anybody that has a mindset of God that he's just waiting to zap people? He's just looking around the corner and he's waiting until he can catch you doing wrong and then, and then pow, I got gotcha. you. Folks, God's not looking for the opportunity to gotcha. God's looking for the opportunity to bless you. God is for you. He is a God of blessing seeking to give that blessing. And it begins in the spiritual realm. Now that word spiritual is kind of a, that's a different word. Sometimes it creates spooky music for us. And we wonder, well, what's the spiritual? What's that mean? Just think God. God is spiritual. Think supernatural. You ever thought about what the word supernatural is? The word is nature. That's the physical, what we see and feel and touch and smell and taste. Natural, supernatural is above that. Above the natural, above the physical. God wants to bless you down here in the physical, but that's down here. Let's get above that. Let's get greater than that. And that's what God's blessings are for. To enable you and I to live effectively, to live supernaturally. So that not only is there success in this life, but there's success in the life to come. That's what God is trying to do in your life and in my life. And as we open that gift up, a gift that's going to help us know God and walk with God, know His wisdom, know His power, we open this gift up and you know what we find? Spiritual people. Have you ever thought about spiritual people as a gift? When it says every kind of spiritual blessing, one of the things that would be included in that is spiritual people. God is going to, as a gift, is going to put people in your life that are going to motivate you, encourage you, challenge you. Sometimes, we love this, don't we? Get up in our face and say, stop it. Very bad. Uh-uh. No 
We need some people like that in our lives, folks. That's a gift. Spiritual people that will motivate, encourage, and challenge us in spiritual things. God gives us as a part of this gift the Bible that is going to actually define what real success is, both in this life and in the next. Not only is it going to define it, it's going to show you what success is in all of those various areas of life that you want to be successful. Marriage and parenting and relationships and money and work. The Bible defines what that success is and defines how you get to that. But then comes the problem. (laughs) We don't have the ability to do that. And that's why God gives another gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the moment you and I trust in Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and He opens up our mind to understand what the Scripture is saying and then empowers us to live out what the Scripture is saying. These are, I'm not, that's not an exhaustive list. Those are the kinds of gifts. When it says He's blessing us with every spiritual blessing, it is people, it, it is the Bible, it is the Holy Spirit, it is these kinds of things that are going to help us live supernaturally and effectively. As a matter of fact, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, He's going to produce a quality in you, a character quality. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and what else? Self-control. That was not very confident. Let's try that again. What's that last one? All right. Sounds like you believe it. Praise God. Folks, think about those nine character qualities. If those nine things are being lived out in your life, if the Holy Spirit is building out those nine things in your life, guess what? You're going to be successful in the physical areas of your life when you start thinking about what those nine things are, what they enable you to do. God has a great gift for you. To live successfully spiritually, which automatically means successfully physically. And it's things like people and the Bible and the Holy Spirit. And that gift, this passage says, comes two very important words, in Christ. Hey, do you remember something? We said that last week too when we were talking about forgiveness. Do you remember that? Last week the two words were in Him, but the Him is Christ. In Him, in Jesus, in Christ. That's kind of a key thought for Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul uses that 164 times in his letters. 164 times the key to everything is being in Christ, in Him, in Jesus. Do you know being in Christ means some things? That means that the blessing is not in Buddha. The blessing is not in Muhammad. The blessing is not in Confucius. The blessing is not in the Pope. And I can guarantee you the blessing is not in me. I can tell you that right now. The blessing's not in the government. The blessing is not in your mate. The blessing is not in that relationship. The blessing is not in that job. The blessing is in Christ. The key is to be in Christ. Now, a couple of those things I mentioned are other religions. We live in a culture, we live in a world of tolerance. It sounds somewhat mean-spirited. It sounds somewhat intolerant to say the blessing's not in those. I mean, Pastor, it sounds like you're saying that, that, that well-intentioned people and well-intentioned uh, religions can't get to that blessing. That's right. It's difficult to say in our world, but folks, we have to understand it and be confident saying just that. You will find Christ to be absolutely intolerant. Christ is absolutely intolerant of that which is a lie. 
He is intolerant of that which will hurt you. He is intolerant of that which will destroy you. He is intolerant of that which will lead you to utter emptiness in eternity. I don't know about you. I'm kind of glad he's intolerant of that. I'm kind of glad he cares a whole lot that I get the truth. And that for the sake of kindness, we're not going to agree with and be okay with that which is a lie. Now, while it is exclusively in Christ, and we are intolerant of those other things, please recognize it's available to all. One passage, and there's many in the Gospels, many in the New Testament. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Man, what a... what. Precious verse. Are you, are you worn out today coming up on the end of a year? Are you worn out trying to be successful? Are you worn out trying to, be, to succeed and to have a life that people will applaud? Are, are, are you worn out trying to make it work, trying to make it right? Maybe, let's rise above the physical, maybe you're worn out spiritually. I'm worn out trying to live a life that, that is successful before God. I'm, I, I mean, you know, I know I've done these things that are wrong. Have I, done the, have I done enough right things? Have I done the right, right things? That's stressful. That's worrisome. Jesus says, hey, man, if you're worn out by that, if you're tired of that, come to me. And let's just end that battle. Let's just end all that work because I've provided everything. I have provided everything you need to be successful before my Father. And ultimately, if you're successful before Him, you're going to be successful on this earth. I've got it. Let's rest. Now, did you hear who that invitation was open to? All. All peoples, all nationalities, all genders, all ages, all races. And folks, ultimately, it's really irrelevant what way we qualify people or group people the most important thing about that all is it's open to all sinners. Because without Christ, that's what you are. Whether you're male or female, whether you're English or Chinese or American or Peruvian, male or female, old or young, healthy or unhealthy, you're a sinner. His invitation is open to all sinners. Christ has a great gift for you. He has a great gift for me. Will we open it? Will we wear it? Will we use it? You say, what do you mean open it? What do you mean use it and wear it? Could I just say one thing? How about something just as simple as prayer? How do we wear it? We pray. God, I want to be successful at. How do you fill in the blank this morning? God, I want to be successful at. Now, God, would you guide me to your word that you've given me, the Bible? And show me how you define success in that area. Show me what needs to be going on in my life so I am building up to that kind of success. God, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can actually understand what your word says? Will you empower me so I can live what it shows me here? God, will you put people around me? Will you open my eyes to see the people around me? Because folks, not everybody we love and care about is going to encourage us spiritually, are they? No, we have a lot of fun. We enjoy a lot of people that are not necessarily going to encourage us spiritually. So God, please open my eyes and make sure that I don't miss the people that are. The people that can rightly encourage me in a godly, spiritual way so that I can be successful in that thing, that relationship, that area. You know, folks, maybe, a, maybe just as simple as what God is saying to us is that we just need to think a whole new way about what we want. You know, we're coming to the end of a year. 
As we come to the end of the year, at least in America, it's a time of evaluation, isn't it? We're looking at what we're happy about in 2012, what we're not happy about, what we like, what we don't like. And in that valuation, we tend to ultimately come to the place where we say this, boy, if I just had more. More is the key to everything, isn't it? If I, just, if I just had more money, and boy, it's hard not to think some more money wouldn't fix a lot of things, isn't it? Boy, if I had more money, if I had more love, if I had more friends, if I had more job, if I had more opportunity, if I had more health, if I just had more, and every one of our mores is going to be something physical. And folks, if the big gift that God is showing us here is spiritual, Maybe you and I need to start thinking, hey, maybe, maybe more of something in this realm isn't actually going to fix anything. Guys, what if I were to come to the place where my big thought was, God, I wish I had more of you. God, I wish I had more discipline and more study in your word. God, I wish I was more yielded to your Holy Spirit and how He wants to lead and guide in my life, no matter the cost, no matter what kind of faith it took. Gosh, I would love to say, gosh, Lord, if I just had more faith, but Jesus already answered that. You don't need more faith. If you have this much, you can move a mountain. Gosh, if I just had more. Do we think more fill in the blank with something spiritual? Folks, quite possibly, maybe the reason nothing's ever really ultimately long-term getting better is we're constantly looking for something in the physical realm to fix everything. And God's saying, it's in the spiritual realm, and I've got it. I've already purchased it. It's there. It's for you. Take it in Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we move throughout the rest of this week, this Christmas season, as we approach another year, you know it's natural for us to think about what's going on in our life and what we want. It's very natural for us to think, gosh, I sure wish I had more of this. Father, would you keep this message, would you keep this verse on our heart so that when we roll around to December 29th, when we roll around to January 4th, That we stop and remember, you know, the real key is I need more of God. The real key is I need more knowledge, more understanding, more commitment to His Word. I need a more yielded life to the ruler that is there. God, help us to think spiritually. Slow us down as we're running away and so easily thinking physical and natural. Slow us down. Help us to keep this verse in front of us. Help us to realize the blessing is there. You've purchased it and bought it with the very blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Everything we need is there in Christ. Help us to look for it. Help us to look for it in you. And then live it in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.